You're listening to The Yoga Room with Mark Stevens, a place for exploring evocative and provocative ideas and conversations about yoga, life, myth, science, and making the world a better place for all. Welcome to The Yoga Room. This is Mark Stevens. This episode is on breathing, which we might relate to as the essential thread or sutra through it all the very source without which we wouldn't be here, alive in this moment, and indeed, it's perhaps the transformative, awakening, calming, brightening elixir at the very heart of yoga, which which I sense it to be. Um, I'll give here a guided pranayama and meditation practice that forms the heart of the morning practice I've been doing for the last 17 or 18 years or so, pretty much every morning. Before getting to the practice itself, I'll share a few things about yoga and breathing that I think are important with some historical background. The concept of prana, today widely referred to as the life force energy, is associated with the breath. In the ancient texts, it appears in the earliest writings on yoga, starting in the Rig Veda from around 1500 years before the Common Era, as well as in the other three Vedas, the Yajur, Sama, and especially the Athara Veda. It's given its first detailed discussion around a thousand years or more later in the Prashna Upanishad, and it makes appearances in various yoga texts from that time forward. Yet, we're given very, very, very little guidance on how to relate to it, how to cultivate it, what we might think of as breathing techniques, and how to relate them in concrete ways to everything else in yoga practice, in postural practice, in meditation, in life. We learn in that early ancient literature that it really matters, that prana really matters, that it's connected to or part of everything with widely varied strands of thinking that are expressions of the particular source, each with its somewhat unique view or interpretation of things, of the nature of the cosmos, of nature itself, of being, of the spiritual universe, of consciousness, even as each is moored in its own way to root ideas from earlier sources, often with claims of authoritative expression that are asserted as such by virtue of their very foundation in those root texts, which are often said to be of divine transmission, even as those different transmissions or interpretations put forth often conflict with one another, which one might suggest could be a way that the gods are playing the deities are playing with in ways that sort of mirror the complexity and play of human existence itself, much like we find, say, with Greek mythology. Now, certainly, there is great play among the panoply of gods and goddesses invoked in yoga and its related traditions, and for a taste of that, you might read in the Mahabharata, in the Ramayana, in the Puranas. There are just vast and incredibly and beautiful and tragic and every other kind of story, stories to be found, uh, to be experienced, uh, to be explored there. Now, to be clear, without going into it in detail here, as we will in other episodes, in the various discussions of prana, as with yoga, it is typically discussed in ways that are presented as part of a relatively coherent philosophical understanding or view of the spiritual and material universe, even as those understandings or views are quite diverse, quite different from one another, as they are set within often conflicting philosophical or spiritual frames and claims. 
In around 325 of the Common Era, we come to the Yoga Sutra of Patanjali, which today many view as the definitive source on yoga in what is sometimes referred to as the classical period of yoga. Its 195 succinct aphorisms are interpreted by many as a grand synthesis of certain strands of thinking about yoga that predate it, put forth as the authoritative source, which is clearly asserted in the first term, atta, atta, in the first aphorism of the Yoga Sutra, suggesting divine blessing. In the 194 aphorisms that follow, there are but six that directly address pranayama, and even there, we find very little guidance on, or if any, on technique. We do learn that asana, broadly given as posture in the modern age, prepares us for pranayama. This, while asana, is given far less attention by Patanjali than pranayama. What he gives us on asana is sthira sukham asanam. Sthira, to be steady. Sukham, to be at ease. And asanam, from the root word as, to sit, which in the context of a book that's primarily about meditation, suggests being present, suggests to be here now, here and now, with steadiness and ease. These three simple words become profound when we reflect on the reality that steadiness, ease, and being present, fully present to the immediacy of our experience, is often very difficult or fleeting at best, and this is the point of practice, of these aphorisms appearing in the chapter entitled Practice, that it requires practice, which we learn elsewhere in this classic text is something to be cultivated over a long an uninterrupted period of time, as in one's lifetime. So someone might get a delightful or insightful taste of greater stability, ease, and awareness in the popular 30-day yoga challenges we see everywhere in modern yoga marketing, but think more of like 30 years, 50 years, your lifetime, because there is infinite potential for how far, how deep this goes or can go in its refinement, for its transformational potential, for the possibilities of being fully aware and awake and bright in the midst of it all, in and through the breath, whatever that all is. It is, that is, that prana is, or it can be, a profound teacher. So again, Patanjali gives no specific guidance on technique. He does describe four phases of breathing, often offering us rather, um, the ideas of puraka, rachaka, antarakumbaka, and bayakumbaka. I'll be referring to these and other terms throughout the practice that's coming here in about 10 more minutes, um, explaining them a bit more within the practice itself. Now, the first of these ideas, puraka, is associated with the inhalation, the drawing in of prana, this life force, giving this life force of this universe, receiving the life force of the universe. The second, rachaka, is associated with the exhalation, the release of the breath. But there is more to it, in it, in that rachaka is about how with the exhalation, that life force energy, that prana, might diffuse all through you, recharging you, rachaka, recharging you, further awakening you, all of your senses, throughout all of your tissues, 
the potential in that, your reality in that, having to do with receptivity, with condition, with intention. While with Puraka and Rachaka, there is movement, those other two, the Kumbhakas, well, Kumbhaka refers to suspension, to the natural pauses, the moments of nothing, of nothingness, which are pregnant with the possibility of fullness, of greater mindfulness, of, of, of everything, of utter stillness, of ineffable moments in consciousness. Once filled with breath, we come to Antara Kumbhaka, the natural suspension that is just there, just there, before the breath flows out. Bayu Kumbhaka is the natural pause when, when empty of breath, before the breath flows in. With practice, even in this moment, they gain, they can, again, they can feel infinite. We have a tendency, as human beings, especially perhaps in the modern world, to cut off these pauses, to exhale before full inhalation and vice versa. This loss of the natural pauses, I'll suggest, both signs and added sources of stress and strain in our lives, in our body-minds. The fuller development of pranayama, with pranayama technique and its connection with things like subtle energy, with the energetic body, these come in the medieval to early modern period, the post-classical period in some renditions, with the rise of practices, many of which come to be called Tantra, which in its essence is about really being in the whole of it all, the weaving of it all, even as those practices are not described necessarily as pranayama. The tools of those practices are utterly, utterly vast, again tied to a wide variety of often different ideas about the nature of it all. Breathing techniques are elaborated, systematized, become codified, including with rules and admonitions in the early 15th century Hatha Yoga Pradipika, Hatha Yoga Pradipika, the light on Hatha Yoga by Swami Swatmarama and what we might read as an attempt to sort of capture or harness or assimilate elements of Tantra to more traditional yogic ideas and practices. Here in the Pradipika, we're told that before attempting pranayama, we must first master asana. Again, recall Patanjali. Asana prepares you for pranayama. Doesn't really tell us how, not in any detail. Here we're told before attempting pranayama, we must first master asana. Or if we don't, risk suffering potentially terrible consequences, which in various transliterations of the Pratipika are given as being as serious as death and as minimal as, well, as sort of various disturbances to one's health and well-being. Hmm. First, master asana. Um, the book, the, Pratipika, the Hatha Yoga Pratipika, describes 15 asanas, most of which, or five of which are purely seated postures, giving very little on them, very little about, about them, uh, including uh, their forms, their, their energetic actions, their alignment, uh, things that we take somewhat uh, more in depth today, even as is by, it is by far the most explanation given on asana to that period in time throughout the history of yoga. So we might ask what it means to master asana, to be perfectly stable at ease, present, a sort of an implication that we find, a suggestion we find more in the Iyengar, be perfectly still at ease and present similar to Iyengar method, no disturbance, 
Is it the superpowers, the siddha powers that Patanjali describes in chapter 3 of his sutra, including powers of levitation and clairvoyance and the control of others' bodies and minds? Those are, after all, among the promises given about the fruits of successful practice. Must one be able to do all 840,000 yoga asanas with such mastery, or 84, or 26, or complete the sixth series of Ashtanga Vinyasa? We're never told, at least not there. Yet, interestingly, there are many modern, contemporary yoga teachers and gurus quite eager to show you the way, or if not eager, they might, if you enter into certain rituals and initiations and and all, they might tell you the secrets, give you the way, and that it's just that way, or just this way, these teachers themselves often described or self-described or self-anointed as yoga masters, even saying as much on their book covers a yoga master's guide to such and such, even as we see many of these so-called masters often be trained very little in the way of consistent, let's say, yoga practice, and often revealing altogether human qualities of behavior that suggests a lot of room for pretty basic personal work, as I'll suggest every human being always has. We can usefully go right back to Patanjali on this and keep it simple, clearer, focusing on the idea of steadiness and ease. So here I wish to borrow from Patanjali, where on asana he gives us sthira sukham asanam to be steady, relaxed, and present, and simply apply this to pranayama, sthira sukham pranayama, to be steady, at ease, and fully present amid all that is happening as we feel, as we sense, when breathing, when cultivating the breath and refining our awareness in it, sensing in it the entirety of our body, of our body-mind, in the fullness, in the wholeness of our awareness, opening to amazing, lightning, perhaps enlightening moments of being, of consciousness, right here and now, in this body-mind, in this life. But let's now move to the practice. I'll say a few preparatory words for this. And that is, first and foremost, everything I suggest here should be modified such that you feel complete comfort, that comfort takes precedence over everything else. I usually do this practice for about 45 minutes to an hour, again, pretty much every morning for going on a couple decades. And as always, and with everything in yoga, I would encourage you to please explore modifying everything with playing with it, making it your own, making it more of your personal practice. Please refer to any of my books, other sources, but look if you like my books for regarding contraindications for various pranayama techniques, only some of which I'll mention here. Um... There's far, far more on pranayama, including detailed guidance in a wide array of preparatory practices and on contradictions, uh, which can be significant, and I think it's important to take note of those. Pregnancy, respiratory ailments, circulatory ailments, certain neurological conditions, certain psychological conditions, and other physiological conditions can all carry certain contradictions with respect to doing various different pranayama techniques. Please consult your health provider, shaman, whomever it is that you turn to or work with for guidance, whatever it is in your life with respect to your health, before attempting breathing retention, bandhas, alternate nostril breathing, or kapalabhati technique. 
And in keeping with the idea of this being or becoming an ongoing practice, begin by going just a little into it, then tuning into the effects later that day and the following day or two, and then applying what insight comes to you to, well, how far, how deep you might go in your subsequent practice and to continue in that way, appreciating sort of the powers of these, of the intensity sometimes of these, of the effects of these practices, the experiences of these practices, and opening them in ways that are altogether, again, comfortable, comfortable to you, that allow you to come into them and to be in them in ways that make them more sustainable. And by virtue, I believe, I find, and being more sustainable, more deeply transformational. For basics on breathing, and on teaching the pranayama, pra- uh, pranayama practices, you might read chapter 8 of my book, Teaching Yoga, or chapter 21 of my yoga therapy book. And if you want far, far more depth on it, check out my ongoing 17-hour 17 17 online pranayama course, including respiratory theory and lots of other things in that course, uh, which you can learn about on my website. So this practice is about fully waking up, getting on top of the day, I do this as a morning practice. Encourage you to explore it as a morning practice. Uh, before the practice, um, I, well, I feed my cats. I uh, go to the bathroom. Um, I use my neti pot. I scrape my tongue. Um, I do other practices. There are a lot of the uh, preparatory pre- preparatory practices that are covered in the, again in the online course. Also discussed in the book to some books to some degree. Uh, there's a lot one can do just to get ready in that way. And oh, by the way, having an ongoing asana practice super helpful, such that one can sit comfortably without distractions in the body and such that one's well neurological system is settled as much as it can be in that moment and always there's a greater settling to the extent I find that we go further along in a yoga asana practice asana preparing us for pranayama but all that said I think that anyone in under any in any condition can do some of the very basic practices of breathing, of pranayama, including basic yogic breathing, which I'll describe soon here as ujjayi pranayama. So just to begin now, I encourage you to take a moment to set up your space. If you've not already, uh, ideal a place where you'll have uh, no distractions from things like, well, animals or um, other people or uh, telephones, uh, uh, iPhone, I mean, uh, yeah, cell phones, whatever it happens to be. Uh, please uh, put those things aside for a moment. And then, and then, please come into a simple seated position. I'll suggest a cross-legged position, Sukhasana, Padmasana, whatever's really, Simhasana, whatever's really comfortable for you. And, and you might consider propping up onto something. You can sit against a wall. You can sit into a chair if that's what it takes for you to sit comfortably. And so then, sitting just as comfortably as you can to begin. And again, pause this uh, recording any time to, to do just this, the things I'm suggesting, such as taking a moment to get yourself set, to get yourself seated in a way that's, that's comfortable. And then in simply sitting here, just for a moment to begin, I invite you to let your eyes rest lightly closed. And as you do, just begin to tune in a little bit more inside 
and without really doing anything at all, let's say with the breath at all, just just for a moment, move your pelvis a little bit forward and back, sort of shifting forward and back there, feeling your sitting bones, um, well, whatever they're on. Try to get the weight there a little bit more to the front of your sitting bones. This being usually a pretty good source of your pelvis being in its natural shape, natural form, such that your spine comes into more of its natural form. So you start to find that place of what we can call pelvic neutrality. Um, just for a moment, bring your shoulders up, shoulders up just, just a little bit. And, and, then let's, and then just a little bit back with your shoulders. And then let them relax down your back without stretching them down your back. And then play with moving your head forward and back a little bit just to find where it feels like it's just resting there in balance on top of your spine with as little, little effort as can be. And again, just, just as calm as can be, begin to bring your awareness to the breath without doing anything with it. Just there it is. It comes, it goes. It flows in, it flows out. And just notice how you're relating to that. Watching it, sensing it, feeling it. It first touches the tips of your nostrils. Flows in. Oh, try to breathe as best you can just through your nose. If you can't do that, Breathe however you can. But try to breathe just through your nose and sensing the breath lightly flowing in, a, a sense of allowing the breath to lightly waft in and up into your, your sinuses, your turbinates, your kanka. You might imagine it swirling around in there, getting conditioned air conditioning. And then it flows down to your throat, to your lungs. Just watch it, sort of sense it, sort of trace it. And it flows back out. And just, just be with it for a moment, just watching the breath. And as you do, notice how you're feeling. Just notice how you're feeling in your body, your tissues, in your heart, what you're sensing in your thoughts. It's, it's all just, it's you. It's, it's all good. It's beautiful. It's okay. Just watch for a moment. And the breath comes and the breath goes. And you might notice that in watching the breath, we come to affect the breath. Just to begin, I encourage you to sort of try to just let it, well, just let it be there. Rather than trying, just sort of relaxing, it comes, it goes. Let it be as unaffected as can be to begin. So not cultivating it, but just letting it be. The breath flows in, puraka, this amazing energy, this life force coming into you. The breath flows out, rachaka, the exhalation. Rachaka, the exhalation, the breath flows out, but you might sense, sense, visualize perhaps, a sense of that energy more diffusing all through you, perhaps potentially down into your toes, to the tips of your fingers, all through you. The breath flows in, the breath flows out. Ah, but there's something else. The breath flows in, and before it flows out, you might notice... A little pause, just nothing there, without trying to create that pause at all, without trying to create the pause, see if you can allow it. Pause fill with breath. Pause empty of breath before the breath flows back in. Just that moment of nothing, and it flows in. Without holding the breath either in or out, begin to try to just sort of allow those natural pauses to happen. And as you're with the breath, Begin to feel, to sense, to notice how your body's moving with the breath. How with your inhalations, everything expands. 
your side and back ribs spread apart, spine grows taller, your chest expands. Just notice whatever movements, movements you're feeling, you're sensing, and the breath flows out. Notice the movement in your body. Notice with the exhalations, especially if you release all that, we'll call it old air out, how your belly naturally gathers in, sort of girdles in. Just notice that. And how as the breath flows in, your body, your belly rather, sort of softens and your side and back ribs spread and your chest expands. Start to go a little bit more with those natural movements, those natural effects in your body from the movement of the breath. So with those inhalations, more of a sense of spaciousness, of expansiveness. You might imagine how a jug would fill with water, evenly outwards and upwards. And so here, as the breath is drawing in, a sense of your lower ribs spreading, not just the front, but all around, the sides, the back. And as you're bringing the breath more in, there it is, feeling outwards and upwards. And as you breathe fully in, a sense of your collarbones, clavicles spreading, your upper back ribs spreading, and try to maintain that spaciousness as the breath flows out. Each and every inhale, perhaps a little more spaciousness or a little more lightness and light in that spaciousness. Punctuated by a natural pause empty, filled with breath, the breath flows out. Begin to explore easing it out. Easing it out through your nostrils slowly and completely and begin to tune into what happens there again in your belly with that completion of the exhalations. In every exhalation, those were chakras, your belly gathering in. Go with that just a little bit more to more awakening in your belly and without burying down at all through your belly. Try to maintain that very light, light, light engagement of your belly as you draw the breath in. You might sense that supporting even more sense of energy rising up through your body. Now, as you stay with this here, just for a moment, with your eyes resting lightly closed, open your mouth. Place your hand just in front of your mouth and breathe in through your mouth. Breathe out and in. Breathe out like you're trying to breathe fog onto a mirror or a glass, giving it a sound like like a whisper, like wind breezing through the trees, like sort of the sound at a soft, quiet seashore. And try to create that same exact sound, similar sound, bringing the breath in through your mouth. And as you're doing this, begin to sense the breath more in your throat, where that sound is being created there over your vocal cords. Go with that sound a little bit more. Allow it to be a soft, whisper-like vibration there. And now stay with that sound, that sensation of the breath, with your mouth closed. Breathe in as best you can, just through your nose. There are those same qualities of sound, feeling, sensation, as you had a moment ago with your mouth open. This a sense of ujjayi breathing, ujjayi, victorious breathing. Mm. Just sensing that sound, that sensation, begin to allow or utilize that sound, the sensations of the breath in your throat, those vibrations, to cultivate an equal flow of the breath. We'll call this, it's called in the ancient writings, medieval writings, shamavritti equal fluctuation. So your inhalations more and more alike in their pace, in the duration of the breath, in the texture of the breath. And I find there's no end in this refinement. For several cycles of breath, 
Samavritti, same fluctuation, the same sound, same vibrations, inhalation, exhalation, still attuned to those natural pauses between the breaths, those kumbhakas. And explore making the transitions in and out of them, in and out of those trans- out of those pauses, as smooth, as seamless as can be. Indeed, all the way along where the breath is moving, as smooth and seamless as can be. Notice any sort of rough spots. If the breath tends to get stuck here or there, just this. A beautiful way of refining just this. A few more cycles of Shamavritti, equal fluctuation, equal fluctuation with Ujjayi technique, breathing just through your nose with that soft, soothing sound of Ujjayi. And in it, you might sense, again, with those inhalations, a greater spaciousness, lightness, expansive awareness. And with your exhalations, you might sense more of a settling, a calming, a quieting. And as you stay with it, with those exhalations, as your belly engages a bit more, you might with that get more of a sense of active rooting down through your sitting bones, your ischial tuberosities. Try to sustain that rooting, a sense of nestling your sitting bones into the earth, of rooting down. And I think you'll find automatically from that rootedness, that groundedness, more spaciousness. It could also be described as, um, in, in classical physics, as the law of resultant force, the third law of motion for every action and equal and opposite reaction. As you root down, so you will grow taller in gravitational force fields such as, well, planet Earth. The breath, every breath out, a renewed sense of that rootedness, giving even greater spaciousness, especially as the breath is drawing back in. Natural pauses between the breaths. Steadiness and ease. Sthirasukham pranayam. And as you stay with it, equal fluctuation, staying with the breath, we'll start to explore vishama vritti. Vishama not equal fluctuation. That is, begin to explore, well, just note for a moment sort of the count of the breath, like count of three or four or five, whatever it is for you. Begin to explore stretching it a little bit, perhaps by a count of one, a second, say, longer, or half a second longer, only so much longer that nothing is disturbed, that you don't tend to hold the breath in, that it doesn't tend to get to, to rush out, that there's, there's as little if, if any disturbance caused by breathing in a little more deeply and begin to explore perhaps a little bit longer, or longer inhalation. That puraka, that receiving of that, that, that life force energy, that pranic energy flowing into you, a little bit more spaciousness, a little more sense of that energy drawing in, only so much as there's no disturbance. With no sense of proving anything, or to yourself or anybody else, a sense of improving breath by breath by breath. And more interest in it being, more interest in it being steady, in you feeling steadiness and ease than how deeply you breathe in. And now, having done that for a few cycles of breath, come back to where you started. Come back to whatever that count was originally, three or four or five, whatever it is, nothing to prove. Um, and then with, with a sense of being utterly calm, 
Stirasukam, begin to explore, stretching the exhalations longer than the inhalations. So whatever that count is, whatever it is, it is, and only stretch the breath out so much that it doesn't tend to rush back in, that doesn't disturb anything. The sense of of lightness between your temples, of softness through your eyes, through your throat, of spaciousness and softness through your heart. There's the breath. There's the breath. Light and steady as can be. Still attuned. Sthira Sukham Pranayam. And connecting that breath little by little, since that breath relating to how you feel. Overall awareness and sensation. So, a few more cycles of stretching your exhalations a bit longer than your inhalations. And explore finding where it feels sort of the maximum of that longer exhalation, maximum without, without any disturbance. And then come back to your original Shamavritti, equal fluctuation. Take a few cycles of equal fluctuation breath. All of this, all the while with that ujjayi technique of breathing through your nose and using that sound to help cultivate balance, to utilize that sound to stay calm, to utilize that sound to be more present. Now, begin to explore coming back to that lengthened inhalation and balance it with a lengthened exhalation. Only as much more spaciousness in your breathing as you sustain Sthirasukam asanam, sthirasukam asanam, in how you were sitting, you were comfortable, in your body, mind, how you were comfortable, in the breath itself, steadiness and ease. Make it more interesting than how far you go. And as you're rooting down through your sitting bones, in cross leg position, staying with the breath, bring your hands just out along across your knees, letting your palms rest down on your knees, rooted, sitting tall and spacious, in the very, very simplest way, start to create circular movements through your spine, swiveling your, your spine around in circles. Some have recently dubbed this as sort of Sufi circles. Just little by little, create circular movements. So you're bringing your spine forward, around to the side, arching it back a little bit, around to the other side. All the while, with equal active routine of your sitting bones and spaciousness up to your spine, those shoulder blades, your shoulder blades, still relax down your back. Gradually explore expanding your circles and expanding your circles and try to make them circles more than, say, ovals. And as you continue doing this, sthirasukam, steadiness and ease, notice in the movement any disturbance to the breath, any disturbance to your awareness, any disturbance to your sense of psyche, how you're feeling, how you're sensing it to your heart. Stay in it. Bigger circles, a sense of getting more movement, more openness along through your torso. We're also stretching muscles that affect respiration, like intercostal muscles or secondary muscles of respiration. And little by little, come back around to sort of center and explore going the other direction for about the same amount of time. We'll continue around, going the other way. If you hadn't already switched directions, switching and continuing and moving little by little, expanding the circles. Keep making it about the breath and the sensations, all the sensations that come to your consciousness in your breathing and what you're doing. So we're multitasking. 
We are breathing, but we're also paying attention to the breathing. That's, well, two things. We're breathing. We're paying attention to the breathing. We're sensing the breath in our body minds. There can be many other aspects of what we are doing in there. Keep making your sensation, direct experience of the breath, the heart of it. A few more cycles of moving around and round in your expanding circles, swivels, breathing, letting it feel good. And then coming back around to center and taking your time from cross-leg position, please come out onto all fours. If you're in a chair, stretch out your legs and point and flex your feet a few times to get tension out of your knees. And those of you on all fours, extend one of your legs back behind you with your toes curled under on your mat on the floor and press back a little, kind of pump back through that heel to stretch out the backs of your legs, behind your knees. Do that first on one side, then the other, aware of any tension to your um, wrists, through your neck. First on one side, just to get the tension again out of your legs and knees from having been sitting for a while in this way. Now, I'm going to be suggesting, encouraging you to take a different sitting position, and we can call it Vajrasana, where you're sitting back with your just ends of your feet lightly crossed over one another, not your ankles, one foot resting on top of the other, uh, where you're sitting then onto your heels, uh, thunderbolt, vajrasana. Uh, or, uh, and you also consider using props for this, and also consider a propped virasana, vira, hero, hero pose, virasana or vajrasana. And consider in these forms how the pressure, the way the body can force our a lot of pressure through our ankles, through our shins. And indeed, if you have limited what we call plantar flexion, ability to point that foot, can really kind of strain that ankle. Consider placing a blanket down there under your shin so you elevate them in a way that doesn't force so much of that movement through your ankles. And with that, if there's pressure in your knees, elevate your sitting bones up higher onto something such as a block or two or three. Or sit in a chair. Having so positioned yourself with your knees somewhat together, if that's okay, no stress, it's okay for them to drift away from each other, no stress in those knees. Um, again, with your hands around about your knees, rooting down through your sitting bones and sitting comfortably tall, move your pelvis again forward and back, anterior, posterior, tilting of your pelvis, simply to begin to again establish your weight at the front of your sitting bones. And as you start to arrive there, begin to more actively root them down. And with that rootedness, tune in again with the breath to more spaciousness. Come right back to Ujjayi Pranayam and Shamavritti several cycles of it, begin to explore finding that greater spaciousness, that more expansive inhalation and exhalation that you were cultivating a few minutes ago. Sthira Sukham. Asanam, steadiness and ease and being present. Steadiness and ease, pranayam, all the indicators of what's happening. Since your eyes, your heart, your face, your lips, your tongue, your eyes, the space between your temples, a sense of what's happening in your brain, soft, present, relaxed, and watch the breath. And watching the breath and being with the breath, notice again the natural pauses, one filled with breath, one empty of breath, and ease, steadiness and ease, as the breath moves in and out of those pauses. We begin to explore viloma, pranayama, Viloma pranayama. The literal translation is anti-hair. Think of a hair, a long hair. Think of the hair like 
a line, like a direction, like think of the grain in wood. It moves, it, it's, it, it generally is oriented in a certain direction. Um, Veloma, not the hair, against the hair, against the grain. What is the grain of the wood? It goes that one way. It goes this one way. What is the grain of the breath? It moves. It flows. It moves. It flows in. It comes in. It comes out. It goes out. It flows in. It flows. Puraka rachaka. What does the breath normally, ordinarily do? It flows in. It flows out. To go against the grain, against the grain of the breath, viloma, to stop the breath. When, when it ordinarily, when it naturally moves. So imagine you're drawing the breath in. It naturally draws in. Well, and with awareness, with allowance, it draws fully in. And it flows completely out. It doesn't stop along the way. But if we make it stop, for example, halfway out, that's going against the grain. This gives us the veloma practice. Sitting comfortably tall, staying with shamavritti pranayama, equal fluctuation with ujjayi technique. Finding that comfortable balance, spaciousness of the breath. After you next exhale the breath out, feeling your belly lightly engaging. Maintain that light engagement in your belly. Ease the breath in, what for you is about the halfway point, and hold the breath there. And resume the inhalation, fill in your lungs, and when filled with breath, the natural pause, and the breath flows out, just halfway for you, and at that halfway point, hold the breath. Hold it only so strongly as it takes to keep it there. And then releasing the breath again, slowly all the way out, natural pause, and ease the breath back into the halfway point. And hold, perhaps not as long as I've been sort of implying here. And then resume the inhalation. When filled with breath, a natural pause, Antara Kumbhaka, occurs, the breath flows out. Halfway for you, hold the breath. How long? Maybe just a count of one or two or three. And then allow the breath out. Empty your breath, natural pause. And the breath is drawing in, puraka, halfway. Now, continue in this way for several more cycles of breath. And I'll give now some suggestions about this to make it more personal for you. Um, for you. And that is, explore starting very, very, very simply, and perhaps where the breath is moving, it's for a count of one or two or three. And where you hold it, perhaps it's for a count of one or two or three. And where it moves again, it's for a count of one or two or three. Whatever the counts are, try to make them the same. Where it moves, where you hold it, where it moves again. And then there's those natural pauses. And over time, little by little, explore stretching all of that. That is, try to breathe in for a count of two, if it was one, or for a count of three. And then explore holding the breath for a count of one or two or three. And then go again with the breath flowing more in, a count of one or two or three. Little by little, stretch it. Stretching your capacity to do this only so far, so much, as you have sthira sukham, asana, pranayam, steadiness and ease in it all. And then... As you stay with this, when you find comfort, stability, and ease with a count of three where the breath is moving and where you're holding it, and you've done that for a few cycles and there's no sense of any disturbance, begin to explore adding a second count. So you'll breathe in then one-third of the way 
and hold. And then resume the inhalation another third of the way in and hold. And then resume the inhalation, fill in your lungs, natural pause. The breath flows out a third of the way and hold. And another third of the way, out, and hold. And slowly releasing all the breath out, empty your breath, natural pause, and bring your breath in another third of the way. Now please continue in this way, on your own, for several more cycles of breath. Viloma pranayama. Perhaps you are still with one pause. Beautiful. Only go farther with any of this. With, when you have a sense of no disturbance. Play with it. Explore it. Little by little, I will suggest over a long time, steadiness in practice. I will suggest, let's say, in the next 10 plus years doing this as a daily practice, you might explore moving towards five pauses, hold, holding each of those pauses for a count of about five, and where the breath is flowing, each of those moments of the breath flowing counts of about five. How might you get there? Start with, well, Sirasukham Pranayam. Stay with Sirasukham Pranayam. Practice regularly, consistently. And you might have two pauses with counts of two or three right now, and that's where your comfort zone is. And you go a little bit longer, and how do we know there's a disturbance? The breath rushes out. The breath rushes in. We feel tightness. We feel stress. We feel strain. Our eyes tighten. Our throat tightens. Our, our mouth is uncomfortable. We feel twitches here and there. Back off. Back off. Breathe. And try to stay with it. A few more cycles here on your own. However many pauses. However long those spaces are where you're breathing, where the breath is flowing. Explore it little by little, and always playing the edge of this, exploring it in a way, in a way it's just there where you feel you're doing something significant without disturbance. Remember those natural pauses. And all the while, as before, with Kumbhaka, be attuned to the transitions not just in and out of the kumbhakas, but in and out of the velomas. Each of your pauses, notice the sensations that are happening as you come into those pauses, as you go out of those pauses. Any disturbance, any tendency for the breath to rush, to feel different, try to make it as consistent, as smooth, as steady as can be. If the breath rushes even a little, or there's any sort of other disturbance, back up a little, or a lot, and explore using those sensations in your eyes, in your throat, in your heart, as registers, as indicators, as mirrors, reflectors of sthirosukham, of steadiness and ease. And as you're in this, calm, light as can be. Please come back to simple 
ujjayi breathing, letting go of the veloma, the pauses, the created artificial pauses of veloma, while well, you allow those natural kumbhakas to still be there. And just feel how you're feeling. You might wish to come out onto all fours, to stretch out your legs, to, if you're again in a different sitting, 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 sitting position, do what it takes to stretch out through your joints so you feel comfortable, especially through your knees, your ankles, your feet, your lower back, your neck, your body, mind. And then I invite you to come back as you're ready into that same sitting position you had before. Modify it as you wish, as it feels right for you. And we'll go up to another level in this exploration. Introducing Banda, Mula Banda, Uriana Banda, Jalandar Banda, I'll explain as I go. Come back to, again, sitting as comfortably tall as you can, with your pelvis level neutral, your shoulders relaxed down your back, your head simply sort of floating on top of your spine. With several cycles of Ujjayi breathing, always a sense of resetting everything, your awareness, everything, with the beauty of Ujjayi. And as you're in there, in Ujjayi breathing, Puraka, Rachaka, the Kumbhakas, the Antara Kumbhaka, the... The Bayu Kumbhaka, empty your breath. Begin to again attune to how your belly engages as the breath flows out, how it draws to center. Again, try to maintain a light, easy engagement in your belly as you draw breath in. And in a moment, when I begin to guide, give suggestions about going further with that towards a full Uddiyana Bandha, please, if you're pregnant, do not do Uddiyana Bandha and explore it in a gentle way gentle way and especially if new to it explore it in a very very gentle way so that you can reflect upon the effects of it that you might experience later in the day tomorrow and the next day before perhaps attending attempting it or exploring it again so with your exhalations as your belly is drawing naturally in on your next few exhalations we can go with that a little bit more what's so we'll call it uriana bond delight and then allow your belly to completely relax before you draw the breath in. And then little by little with the exhalations, the breath flowing out, your belly drawing in, begin to explore holding the breath out for just one or two seconds. And as you do, pull your belly more in and as though up into your heart. And then always from there completely relax your belly and only then allowing the breath to flow back in. Do this several more times. That is, with each and every exhalation, your belly gathering in, and begin to go with that a bit more. You might pull on your knees a little bit to more arch your spine back a little bit, and begin to sort of more fully kind of suck your belly in and up, creating like a deep cave, a deepening cave in your belly, Uddiyana Bandha. And then always, always gradually and fully relax your belly before drawing the breath in. Stay with this for several more cycles of breath, or not, consider coming back to simple ujjayi breath and letting everything reset, resettle, integrate. Or if you're staying with this practice of exploring Uddiyana Bandha and you hold that breath out and you pull your belly in, appreciate that doing so compresses the diaphragm, your primary muscle of respiration that we want to allow to do its magic. And it only does its magic when the belly is sufficiently relaxed, they can 
it, it, can, it can do its thing. It can expand, drop down. It can create the vacuum in your lungs, which is the source of breath flowing in. It's not a pump. It is about differential air pressure, barometric pressure. So now, after you've next held the breath out, empty a breath for as long as you comfortably can, perhaps, completely relax your belly and come back to simple ujjayi breathing with no delayed retention of the exhalation, that greater bayukumbaka, simple ujjayi breathing, resetting. Yeah. As you're in there with simple breathing and that light engagement of your belly is still happening as, you, as the breath flows out, begin to explore as you do that, as you exhale and sense your belly drawing in, and as you root actively down through your sitting bones, begin to explore within what you feel as the breath is flowing out, a sense of empty of breath, creating a very light lifting of the floor of your pelvis, the space between your sitting bones, your transverse perineal muscles. And begin to explore that, renewing that with every exhalation. You might sense it sort of fades out as you draw the breath more fully in. And there again, the breath flows out. And as it goes out, begin to get a sense of how the belly engagement lends to, might lead to that sense of lifting the floor of your pelvis, mulabandha. As you're doing that, try to sense whether you're also squeezing your glutes, your gluteus maximus muscles. Um, the glutes are not the transverse perineal muscles. The glutes are not Uddiyana Bandha. Try to disconnect them. Keep, allow those, those glutes to be relaxed and focus on just that light lifting of, of Mula Bandha. Um, exploring that. Without doing Uddiyana Bandha, if pregnant, great potential benefit in doing Mula Bandha practices. Um, and on that, uh, as always, consult your health supporters on those questions so now when completely empty of breath and your light in your pelvis is rooted and you're rooting your sitting bones and you're lightly lifting the floor of your pelvis try to begin to sustain that practice that action that energetic action of mulabandha throughout all of what we do with pranayama practice all of what we do with pranayama practice try to sustain mulabandha and with it you might sense or visualize sort of energy arising through you from the earth, from the floor of your pelvis, or from your roots within you, up through you. In the various ways that you might, some of you might be relating this to chakra practice, to kundalini awakening, to something else. Here, with every breath in, that greater spaciousness, that greater expansiveness, and every breath out, that renewed sense of Mulabanda without bearing down in any way, try to sustain it. And as you stay with it, when you next draw the breath in and you're filled with breath, explore holding the breath in only as strongly as it takes to keep it right there just for a moment. And now ease the breath slowly out. Slowly and completely out, empty of lungs, natural pause, perhaps renewed Mulabanda, the breath draws in. More space, light, once filled with breath, hold the breath in. Antara Kumbhaka, retained. Antara Kumbhaka. And ease the breath out. Slowly and completely. And when you next draw the breath in, and while holding the breath in, and allowing your shoulders to relax down your back, hold the breath in, bring your chin very slightly forward, very slightly down, 
hold your collarbones and then more in without creating the feeling of a lump in your throat like there's a ping pong ball in there. Back off if you sense that. And then exhale, lift your chin a little and ease the breath all the way out. Empty your breath, renewed mulabandha. Ease the breath in. Shamavritti, all the while, equal fluctuation. The breath flows smoothly in. Hold the breath in. Chin slightly forward, down, and in. Jalandhara bandha, the throat area. A sense of containing that energy from the floor of your pelvis to your throat. There's more to it. We'll explore. Lift your chin a little. Ease the breath out. Reawakening Mulabandha. Try to sustain it, bringing the breath in. Try to sustain it, holding the breath in. Jalandhara Bandha. Chin slightly forward, slightly down, slightly in, and with no lump in your throat. No tension in your eyes between your temples. No disturbances. And as you're ready, ease the breath out. And continue in this way for a few more cycles of breath. Renewed Mulabandhas, but no retention. Empty your breath just now. Retain those inhalations, those Andhara Kumbhakas, with Jalandhara Bandha. Explore positioning, sensation in such a way that you have no stress, no strain, no disturbance. You don't need to scrunch up as you often see people doing. Now, as you stay with this practice here, with the, the retained inhalation, now begin to explore retaining the exhalations as well. That is, empty a breath, if not pregnant, hold the breath out, pull your belly in and up, Upmulabandha, Uddiyanabandha, Jalandharabandha. And then relax your belly, lift your chin slightly, ease the breath in. When filled with breath, hold the breath in, Jalandharabandha, Mulabandha, all the, all the while. Each and every exhalation, if it's comfortable to you, Sthirasukham Pranayam, explore holding the breath out. How long? Only so long as there is no disturbance. Let go of your belly to allow the diaphragm to do its magic as you allow the breath to flow easily in, to receive that puraka in the most pure way that you might. Every inhalation, explore holding the breath. For how long? Sthirasukham Pranayam. Begin to explore it even more, stretching it even more. For a few more cycles here, now, Noticing the indicators, the registers, your eyes, the space between your temples, your mouth, your throat, your heart. Light as can be, relaxed as can be, even as you are exploring the breath, being with the breath, minimal to no disturbance. And at the same time, exploring, expanding things. How long the breath flows in, how long it flows out, how long you hold it in, how long you hold it out. And when you next complete an exhalation, come back to simple ujjayi breathing with no retentions, just the natural Four phases of the breath. The breath flows in, natural pause. The breath flows out, natural pause. The breath flows in, natural pause. 
The breath flows out, natural pause. Resetting, calm as can be, taking as long as you wish before going, perhaps going, to what's next. Again, take a moment if you'd like to stretch out through your legs, through your knees, through your feet. And after you've done so, coming back to sitting, I encourage that Vajrasana position with your one foot just barely crossed over the other. Consider propping in whatever way it takes for you to sit comfortably. In this next movement, I'm going to be encouraging, if you have any low back issues, to be particularly attuned to your lower back and only fold as far as is comfortable in your lower back. Uh, as otherwise, I'll be suggesting a forward fold in a seated fo- form. Also, depending on where you are in pregnancy, consider not doing this practice. Otherwise, sitting tall, make your hands into tight fists. Bring them into your groins, just inside your hip bones, let's say, inside your iliums, and press them down and sort of in a bit there. And as you're doing that, bring your shoulder blades more down your back, expanding across your chest, simple ujjayi breathing. And then, as you're drawing a deep, full breath in, explore gazing up, sensitive to your neck, expanding your chest even more as you're exhaling, rotate your pelvis forward, folding slowly forward and forward and forward and down with your forehead coming towards your knees, pressing those fists more firmly in there and inhaling slowly rounding back up, your shoulders drawing down your back, your chest expanding, your heart opening to the sky, perhaps looking more up to the sky, and ease your way forward, create the rotation, your hips rotating your pelvis forward, your spine coming long, along, your, all the way down, your forehead towards your knees, and you round back up. Do this 10 times. Inhalation slowly rising back up, sensitive to your lower back, your neck, opening your heart, spacious as can be, perhaps a little bit of a sense of a backbend in that. Spaciousness as you flow out, the flow, fold forward, the breath flowing out, that same sense of shamavritti pranayam, all the while, equal fluctuation. When empty your breath as you're folded in down there and you press your fists in, there's that little moment of Bayukumbaka. As you draw back up and you open your heart to the sky, there's that little moment of Antarakumbaka and you fold and the breath is flowing out and it's Thirasukam Pranayam and you're in it and you're present in it. And if it's you're not, and if you're disturbed, back off or stop and rest on your back and Shavasana continue along otherwise. Ten times. All together. Taking your time in this. When you come to the final round of this, cycle of this, perhaps it's now, perhaps it's ten times, on that tenth time, wherever it is for you, inhaling the breath, hold the breath in, and hold the breath in with your body aligned as neutrally as you can, Mulabandha, Jalandarabandha. Hold the breath as long as you comfortably can. Only then, slowly release the breath out. Slowly release the breath out. And just for a moment, just be in it. Just just be in it. Sensing what you're sensing. And just as simply, slowly as you might. Come around into Shavasana. Let's lie down onto your back just for about a minute of relaxing. Those of you who like to do things quickly in yoga, see how quickly you can just 
relax and let it all be such that you can let it all just soak in and just be in it. Everything settling, your nerves quieting, and the breath, it's just there. It's just there. And now just as calm and calm and relaxed as can be, stretch out for a moment. Stretch your arms out overhead. Since if your shoulders stretch from your toes to your hands to your fingertips, breathe and stretch along through your body and then simply roll over onto your side and press back up and around to sitting as you were sitting before. I encourage Vajrasana, the thunderbolt, or Virasana, consider propping Please consider sitting in a chair. In, in this next technique, this next practice, it is contraindicated if you are pregnant. I was in doing Kapalabhati Pranayama, our next technique, skull lightening, Kapalabhati, skull cleansing, skull lightening. Uh, we'll do a few rounds of this. I'm going to speak to it for just a moment. Again, do not do this if you are pregnant. If you're experiencing hypertension, anxiety, other nervous disorders, if you have cardiac arrhythmias such as atrial flutter, atrial fibrillation, tachycardias, bradycardias, etc., talk with, speak to those who give you support in those ways, especially those who have deep insight into those conditions. Otherwise, um, please, if you're on that path of not doing this, you might skip ahead to the phase one of Nadi Shadona Pranayam or simply come back to Shavasana and rest or simply sit and be in it. Otherwise, sitting comfortably tall with your hands again resting on, tops of your, on the tops of your thighs or your knees and do a few cycles of Ujjayi breathing with Shamavritti Pranayam. With Kapalabhati, the technique involves a sort of quick, short, sharp blast of the breath out through the nostrils. Just out, out, out. The inhalation's happening. They just happen. They happen sort of naturally. And so here now then, take one more, one more deep breath in. We'll do three rounds of Kapalabhati and exhale the breath out slowly, completely, all the way. Then draw the breath in just halfway and they're kind of blasted out through your nostrils like... And continuing, a very slight delayed pause, empty your breath. Just, and feeling your belly drawing in, 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 and going with that a bit more. And that kind of pumping in your belly, just the diaphragm is working, and just your belly muscles are working, and just out, out, out with the breath. And the inhalations are just, are just happening. Go only so strongly with it. Explore going a little bit more strongly, quickly, more strongly with it. Only so much as there is that beautiful Sirasukam. Therosukum, no tension, no stress, no strain, and continue for just another few cycles of <laughs> and then completely relax. And simple ujjayi, resetting everything. 
simple ujjayi for a few cycles of breath. If that first round of Kapalabhati was a bit too much, a bit too intense, any sense of tension, either don't do it again or back off a little bit. Want a little bit more of it? Explore going a little bit more with it. So again, sitting is comfortably tall. Take a draw deep breath in. Slowly release that breath all all the way out. Mulabandha awakening. Jalandharabandha in the throat. Draw the breath in halfway and begin. Continue. Try to sustain Mulabandha. Try to sustain Jalandharabandha. No stress, no strain, no disturbance, and keep going. Perhaps going more strongly with it. And as you continue with it, fully attend to what you're feeling. Calm, relaxed, steady as can be amidst the Kapalapati. Just a few more cycles. And exhale the breath out all the way. Take a few cycles of Ujjayi breathing. Tune in. Check in. How are you feeling? Consider Shavasana. Consider simply sitting and letting everything settle. If you're interested in going further and intensifying this, please consider keeping your hands on your knees or to go further more intensifying this, release your arms down by your sides. Turn your hands out and draw your fingers in with your thumbs sticking back as though you're hitchhiking with both thumbs drawing back. In a moment, I'll begin to cue movement of your arms. Starting with your gaze towards your knees, imagine, before we begin, doing, before we begin this, imagine you're now gazing to your knees or you are gazing to your knees and your arms are down, but then imagine as you do the Kapalabhati, going for about a minute, of slowly raising your arms and slowly raising your gaze at the same time. So I said, as your arms come level, you're gazing directly forward. And as you continue to raise your arms, you continue to raise your gaze until eventually you might be looking up into the sky with your gaze to your thumbs. Or not. Always consider or not. Or natasana in the asana practice. So please explore as it feels comfortable for you in this moment. Grounded through your sitting bones, sitting comfortably tall. Mulabandha awaken, your arms down by your sides or not. Please draw in one more deep breath here. Ease that breath slowly and completely out. Gazing towards your knees, thumbs back, spacious heart. Draw the breath in halfway and begin as you begin. Slowly, slowly raising your arms. And as you're slowly raising your arms, there's your gaze rising as though in the plane of your hands. And as you continue on, keep rooting your sitting bones. Calm as can be, going only so strongly with it as it feels comfortable to you. And as you continue to lift, as your arms start to come to level, extend out through your fingers now. Let go of those fists. Radiate out from your heart. Keep grounding your sitting bones. Your gaze, your arms continuing to rise. The Kapalabhati still there. 
only so songly as is comfortable. Keep raising your arms, your gaze. Mulabanda all the while. Little by little, your arms radiating out through your arms to your fingertips and stretching more into the sky, perhaps your gaze rising more and more up. And little by little, as you come all the way to your palms coming together, hold the breath in, looking up there and rooting down and stretching more up there, especially through the pinky sides of your fingers, draw in more breath. Hold it. And draw in more breath. And hold it. And draw in as much more breath as you can. And slowly ease the breath out with your palms drawing down through center and right to your heart. Take a moment here. Breathing as though through your heart. Breathing as though through that infinitely spacious love in your heart. Everything calming and settling. Soft, awake, alight. Lighten your awareness and simply releasing your hands down. And just as simply as you can, please release down onto your back and come into Shavasana. Again, a brief Shavasana. Releasing down onto your back. Let everything, everything settle. Your arms draped to the earth. Let the breath just be, however it will be. A sense of your bones, your muscles letting go of each other, your spine releasing into the earth, your pelvis, your legs relax down all through your toes. Just let it be and be in it. And simply in it, calm and relaxed as can be, changing as little as possible in those qualities of of you, taking your time, stretch out. Taking your time, roll to your side. You might curl up and nurture yourself there for a moment. And taking your time, come back up to sitting in a very simple cross-leg sitting position. And as you arrive, you might simply sit and just stay in the sitting practice. Or you might explore here now Nadi Shadona Pranayam. Um, Nadi, channel, energy channel, Shadona. Um, Nerve cleansing practice. Nerve purifying and nerve balancing practice or channel balancing practice. So with this practice... Again, with your hands simply resting upon your knees. Or you might turn your palms up and have um, yana mudra with your tips of your index fingers and your thumbs touching your other three fingers extended out. Mm. Here, just in this form for a moment, open and look at your right hand. Spread your fingers as wide as you can for a moment. And then bring the tip of your index finger and the tip of your thumb to touch each other. Again, in some cultures, this is called an okay sign. It has different symbolism in different cultures. Try to be aware of what those symbols might be. Um, in Yana Mudra, positioning, uh, Mudra positioning here, you might uh, let that thumb represent all that you consider to be beautiful or divine in the universe. And that index finger, all that you consider to be beautiful and divine within yourself. And that touching, that yolking, representing them coming together, that would be a dualist perspective. 
or already together, already one, a wholeness, a oneness perspective. Those three extended fingers you might allow to represent uh, certain challenges in life, illusions, things that keep you away from that sense of wholeness or oneness in your life, um, things like fear and anger, the ego, and you might let those, those extended fingers represent the release of such, such qualities in, in your life. So looking at this again, look at the tip of your index finger and thumb and how they meet obliquely and how much wider, thicker the thumb is in the index finger. Imagine we want to try to have an equal meeting and a balanced meeting. Well, bring your index, your, your uh, thumb together with your middle finger now and notice that they meet a little bit more directly, but that thumb's wall's even thicker than the uh, middle finger. Let's go to the next one over this, the mostly called now the ring finger. Oh, they meet much more directly together, but it's, that thumb's much wider. Hmm. Try the pinky. Much wider, but much more direct contact. Hmm. How do we create balance? Open your fingers as wide as you can. Well, actually, bring the tips of your pinky and ring fingers together for a moment. Press them together. Press your thumb there. This, on in most of our bodies, is where we most closely approximate a balanced width, breadth of thumb compared to finger, or in this case, fingers. And thus, as described in the Hatha Yoga Pradipika, in some detail, picked up by many others, such as Bikyas Iyengar in his wonderful book, Light on Pranayama, and many other teachers of Pranayama, entire chapters devoted to just this digital manipulation, it is sometimes sometimes called, the manipulating our digits. Open your fingers wide again, and place the tips of your pointer, index finger, and middle finger into the base of your thumb, deep into the thenar space, we might call that. Then, and you might use the other hand for assistance, try to bring the tips of your pinky ring fingers tips together, and notice again how they, they meet towards your thumbs. Now, open those pinky ring fingers out and bring your thumb, keeping those index and middle fingers tucked into the base of your thumb, bring your pinky ring fingers and thumbs up to the sides of your nose, up by the bridge of your nose, on the sides of your nose, lightly touching there on the skin. Begin to slide your thumb and fingertips down the sides of your nose where it's most, for most of us, sort of a hard cartilage there and slide them down until that gives way to soft, soft fleshy tissue and maintain the contact always through this practice of Nadi Shadona try to maintain the contact of your finger thumb tips to the skin there on your nostrils where we'll ultimately allow the nostrils to be fully open breath to flow flow through freely and alternately press one and sometimes both of them firmly closed when we wish to restrict the movement of the breath in the ways that I'll be suggesting. With Nadi Shadona Pranayam, you might find that the arm that's up there gets kind of heavy. You might shake it out. You might place a prop under it. You might do it with a cushion underneath it all the while. However it is here, with both nostrils open and your fingers on the sides of your nostrils, please begin to cultivate Ujjayi breathing through both nostrils with your fingers resting there. And as you do, Shamavritti, equal fluctuation. Notice the breath flows in, flows out. Natural pauses between the breaths, just as before. So in it, fully present in it. Draw in one more breath here. And ease that breath out. You might awaken Mulabandha. Now press your right nostril firmly closed and ease the breath into your left nostril. Some will call this the itta channel. Breathing fully into the left nostril when filled with breath, close the left, open the right, and ease the breath out through your right nostril. 
Pingala Nadi, when empty of breath, a natural pause, ease the breath back into the right nostril, fill with breath, there's a natural pause as you switch the pressure of your fingers, closing right and opening the left, and easing the breath back out through that first original channel. Empty your breath out through the left nostril, natural pause. Ease the breath back into the left. Into the left. Close, open the right. Out through the right. Empty your breath, natural pause. Back into the right. Back into whichever nostril it went out. It sort of loops over the top. Goes out the other side. Now out the left. Empty your breath. Back into the left. It loops over. Stay with just this simple Nadi Shodhana practice, basic Nadi Shodhana, for several more cycles of breath and explore making it simpler, refining everything, how the breath first touches your nostrils, the sensation of receiving it, of it flowing in, of it touching you up into your sinuses, into your kanka, how it flows down, trace it, feel it, watch it, sense it, flowing in, flowing out, natural pauses, sthirasukam, Narishadona Pranayam for a few more cycles. Just this. You might play, sense, visualize as you draw that breath in through the left nostril that you might sense it sort of touches your brain on the opposite side, that right hemisphere. You might, you might visualize it looping up and over, maybe through the corpus callosum and down the other through the hemisphere and down and out from the left hemisphere out through your right nostril comes back into the right and feeds that left side of your brain It loops up and over and play, explore, sense, and explore and sense and be in it. Keep it simple, adding only what you might that has no disturbance. And then simply come back to letting, releasing your hand down and letting the breath flow freely through both nostrils. One could do, this is, that was Nadi Shadona with Shamavriti, equal fluctuation. Now you might imagine as a second stage in developing a full Lord Nadi Shadona practice and Pranayama practice, exploring Vishamavriti just as we did before, that is, first stretching the inhalation longer than the exhalations with Nadi Shadona, with alternate nostril breathing. And after having done that for several cycles with steadiness and ease, resetting with a few cycles of simple ujjayi through both nostrils. And then exploring Vrtti sort of the other way, that is, lengthening the exhalations longer than the inhalations, that is, Thirasukam, only so much as there's no disturbance for several cycles, and then again, relaxing with breath through both nostrils and resetting with ujjayi. Having done that, I'm going to just explain this, and then we'll guide this in a different, separate practice. Then come back, we'll call it part two, pranayam, but here I want to give you sort of an overview of this. The next stage, then after Vishama Vritti, following the same path that we just had, would be to introduce Viloma. 
So now you draw the breath in, starting with that left nostril, halfway, and hold there with both nostrils pressed firmly closed. Only then draw the breath in. It loops over it, flows out the other side. You draw back in that other side, Pingala, to the right nostril, halfway, and hold it. And whenever holding it, press both nostrils firmly closed. And then reopening that now left nostril, easing the breath back in, loops over, goes out the left, hold at the halfway point. So at the halfway points of both inhalation and exhalation, through each alternate nostril, hold the breath for that pause of perhaps a count of one or two or three. And with practice, as before with Veloma, explore adding pauses. Perhaps two pauses for counts of two or three, where the breath flows and where you hold it. Over time, perhaps five pauses, whatever, wherever the breath flows, counts of five, wherever you hold it, counts of five, give yourself 10 years, a lifetime to move in that direction, if at all. Stirasukam pranayam. Along with that practice, and beyond that practice, begin to explore full kumbhakas, that is, holding the breath in and out with Uddiyana Bandha. With Uddiyana Bandha, empty a breath. With Jalandara Bandha, empty a breath. And when filled with breath, holding only so long as it doesn't disturb anything. Interested in going farther with Nadi Shadona? This is an outline of what happens in our next session on this, next practice with this. We'll explore called Palabhati with Nadi Shadona. And always, with all of it, in my practice, I conclude with simple, simple Nadi Shadona, Pranayam, Shamavriti, steadiness and ease, simple Ujjayi, and then natural breathing, and just letting it be, and letting it be, and then simply being in it. Simply being in it. Here and now, you might simply sit and just let it be. You might, in simply sitting and letting it be, play with Patanjali's suggestion of Pratyahara, the fifth limb of Ashtanga yoga, of eight-limb yoga. Pratyahara, relieving the senses of their external distractions. So all these things that might be coming to your senses, the aromas in the room, the sense of the breeze on your skin, the sounds of my, even my voice, the light through your eyelids, if your eyes are resting lightly closed. Just taking a moment to just go inside and just be in it. You could pause my voice to not hear it and just be in it. In you, in your being, in your consciousness, in it all. Or you might go, we might suggest the other way towards what we might call apratyahara, opening your senses. You might start with pratyahara to be utterly calm. You might concentrate on something, focus on something, a mantra or a candle or whatever it is to focus your awareness with a dharana practice. You might find this allowing you to naturally release into more of a contemplative state of dhyana, the seventh limb, and just becoming in a state of, of what you sense of pure awareness and a quality of samadhi. Or you might explore it moving in those ways in a different way, that is, apratyahara. Putting, staying in, just watching. You might allow your eyes to softly open, to allow the light to come in. You might allow the sense of whatever is touching you, your skin, whatever you're tasting, to sense it. 
even my voice or the sound of the breeze, the sound of the breath, the sound of wherever you are in nature, if you're outside, wherever you are. Sthirasukam, as calm as can be, amidst all the vibrations, amidst life. Not suspending your cognitive apparatus, but being fully in it all, allowing whatever is here, now, to be in your consciousness, just as present, just as in the whole of it all perhaps even more a sense of being in the whole of it all, how you are in and of the whole of the universe. Mind running all around, going down rabbit holes, come back to Patanjali and Pratyahara practice for a little while, for a long while, for years. Explore sometimes going with Apratyahara and just be in it. Sit as long as you wish. I encourage the conclusion of your sitting something with your heart perhaps your palms there a sense of what's ahead of you in your day, your night, your life a sense of clear intention of inner purpose in your being as you move into whatever's next in your life thank you for letting me share enjoy the moment and whatever comes next for you let it feel let it feel as good as can be Namaste. Thank you for listening. Please see the show notes for links and resources from today's show, as well as links to our sponsors of this episode. If you're enjoying or learning from the Yoga Room Podcast, please tell your friends and others who might be interested. And You can also subscribe to the show on your favorite listening platform so you never miss anything. If you're listening on Spotify or Apple, please rate and review the show to support us in sharing healthy practices and engaging ideas from around the world. And again, thank you for joining us today.